happy holidays to uh, our USA friends who are celebrating today. Yes, we uh, we had ours last week in Canada, and actually in the UK it's the Maybank holiday as well, or uh, whatever this holiday is. I can't remember. Maybank holiday. Yes, it is. It's where we all dance around maypoles. Just if you want to know what the English do on May Day, that's what we do. We dance around maypoles on the village green. Okay, so it's wonderful to be here with you. For those of you that uh, haven't heard my voice before, my name is Nikki Coyne. Um, always a pleasure to start the week off um, to help refocus us after the weekend. These calls happen um, every <coughs> weekday, Monday to Friday, 9.40 to 9.55. Um, and we just, we're here to help you stay on track with tips and tricks. So whether it's about um, the nutrition, whether it's about the actual program itself, whether we're talking about physical activity, um, we're here just to offer guidance to you. So today I'm gonna talk a little bit using two tools that I use when I teach. I teach a course called the Healthy Eating for Weight Loss Coach course for the Canadian fitness professionals. And within that course, we have two anchoring principles. So I thought we'd talk about those today because they're great for us um, using TR90 to, to think about. So the first one is something called the Wheel of Integrated Nutrition. So my background is in nursing and the medical side first, and then in the last 28 years has been in the fitness industry. And it was my passion for helping people um, and helping people live healthier for longer that then brought me to New Skin or New Skin found me. And it's been, it's allowed me to put everything together. So when I'm talking about the nutrition side, this is something I've been talking about for years, but it's brilliant because we can apply it to our TR90 program. So this wheel of integrated nutrition is, and next week what I might do is I might share my screen so you'll actually be able to see it. But I'm just going to talk a little bit about these principles for this week. But if you can imagine a wheel, um, and for anyone that plays darts, imagine a dartboard. And what we want to try and do, about <coughs> excuse me, about 80% of the time is to get a bullseye. Um, sometimes you're not going to hit the bullseye, and that's fine, okay? Because we're not in a in a um, in an environment where you know you get um, you get told off if you don't hit the bullseye every time. It's just being aware that sometimes we don't. And that's absolutely fine. So it's been a lovely weekend. Maybe we had a couple of extra glasses of wine last night. Maybe we did. And um, <laughs> it was a beautiful summer's evening. It was a rosé. What can I say? Um, but back on track today. And that's fine because we have to live our life being able to experience things outside of constraints. That's what we love as humans is the uncertainty. We love certainty of waking up in the morning and knowing the sun's going to come up. And we, you know, we need to know that the sun's going to go down and it's going to get dark. We need that certainty. But within those 12, 14, 16 hours, if we did the same thing every single day, we would, we would get bored. We'd lose our minds. So within those, those, that day itself, we've got so many chances to make different choices. And TR90 is all about helping us make those better choices more often. So the Wheel of Integrated Nutrition is, if you can hit the bullseye, it's about as perfect as it can get. But we understand that sometimes we don't, and that's fine. There's no guilt. 
and as I say, we move on the next day. So the wheel itself is split in half. One side is what we call industry options, and the other side is consumer options. Now, within that, we then break it down. So that's the outer side, outer um, shell of the uh, of the wheel. As we get closer to the bullseye, we think about two things. Let's think about the industry options first. So it's in two subsections. The first one is food production, and the other one is food processing. So if you can think, when you go to the grocery store, these are the conversations you need to be having in your head, is how was this food produced, and um, how was it processed? And how and what choice do I want to make? So let's think about the food production. And then that would narrow down, coming down to a bullseye. So the bullseye, or the closest to the bullseye, would be organic. Yeah. And I know that is a marketing term, and it's very difficult um, outside of the new skin, where we test every single batch of ingredients for any contaminants. Um, the food industry don't do that. So it, it can say organic, and yes, the farms around it can be spraying chemicals, and the water that's running underneath on the water table can have all sorts of heavy metals in it. But as far as the farm is concerned, it's an organic farm product. So although we say organic is as close to the bullseye, let's say, for example, grown in your own garden without any chemicals um, or pesticides. Yeah, something along those lines. Then, moving out from that, we've got sustainable. So thinking about where it comes from. So going to things like farmers markets are brilliant um, because then we've, you know, there hasn't been a huge amount of travel. Um, the fruits and vegetables are probably fresher because they've been picked at the farm, taken to the market, as opposed to being shipped from Colombia or Chile or Mexico or wherever we get strawberries from these days. Um, so that would be uh, on the outer layer. And then we've got non-organic. So, you know, the foods that you can go in and um, they're the cheaper ones. You don't know what's happened to them. So that is when we talk about food production. Yeah. So let's look at food processing. So closest to the bullseye is unprocessed. The, the closer to unprocessed we can get, the better. So just to give you an example, let's think of a lovely juicy apple. And you walk into your grocery store and there are those lovely pyramids that they make with all the apples. And all the apples are exactly the same size and they're perfectly green on one side and perfectly red on the other, just like in Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. It's this perfect apple and then it's all shiny and they're all stacked up, okay? That's a processed food. Do you know why? Because it's got wax on it um, it's probably been sprayed with goodness knows what to make it so perfect. So let's think about unprocessed as in walking. Again, I'm going to give examples of walking out. You've got an apple tree in the garden. You pick an apple. You come in. You might wash it under the tap and then you eat it. That's as close to unprocessed as you can get. So sometimes when I have these conversations with clients and, and when I teach this course, People have no idea the processing that goes on on our fruits and vegetables. Um, so it's really interesting. So I'll give the example of an apple and say, okay, there's an unprocessed apple. We walked into the back garden, we picked it, we washed it, and we eat it. That's an unprocessed. So let's think of the next 
layer out, which is lightly processed. So lightly processed would be that Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs apple that we've got in the grocery store. Yes, it's still a good choice. It's, you know, it's a better choice than others that I'm going to talk about. So that's a lightly processed. <coughs> I've got a real tickle today. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> I'm going to lose my voice. It's these allergies. Okay, so then let's think about going to McDonald's and the children choose the healthy option, which is the packet of prepared apple slices. So now we've got another layer of process um, because the apple has been um, chopped and sliced and there is, some there is something in there keeping that apple fresh to stop it oxidizing. So again, that's another layer out. So still lightly processed. A better choice than a bag of fries or, you know, goodness knows what. So we're not saying it's not a good choice, but it's just understanding these different processes. Then let's think about um, apple sauce or stewed apple that you can buy in the containers that the kids usually love for their packed lunches. So that is processed. It's been cooked. It's been obviously been chopped up. It's been cooked. Probably sugar's been added. It's put into a container and it's sealed. And then you can keep thinking about how you can go out and go out to the example that I love to give, which is, and this will make Dorcas laugh, and anybody that's a grandma, this will make you laugh, fruit roll-ups. Okay. Because fruit roll-ups are marketed as having all natural fruit juice. Yeah. A part of your seven a day or whatever it is. That is about as processed as you can probably get when it comes to fruit, yeah, is because they're saying that there is real fruit juice and real fruit in there, and there may have been at some point. But if we can think about, if we can think about the outskirts, which is a fruit roll-up, and all the things, all the processes we thought about to come to that apple in the middle that was picked from the garden. So when we um, help our clients and we help ourselves, and we're talking about different uh, food choices as close to natural as we possibly can so thinking about that unprocessed how many processes has this particular food been through before i consume it so those are when we talk about industry options so the other side the other half of my circle are consumer options so these are our choices so the first one is food preparation and then the other one is food consumption. So these are the other two, if you like, quarters to our circle. So if we think about food preparation, and of course this is when we're talking about fruits and vegetables, not meats 100% of the time, um, but closest to the bullseye would be raw. So if we could eat raw fruits and veggies, we know how beneficial that is to our digestive system. Obviously, there are certain things that need to be cooked before we eat them, like potatoes, sweet potatoes. They wouldn't be too nice raw. Um, so we would, we would give them a process so that we could consume them. Um, so, you know, boiling them or whatever it might be, lightly, so that we don't boil all of those phytonutrients and the um, good stuff out of them. Um, so raw is the middle. Then we've got cooked. And then we've got overcooked. Um, so if we take a barbecue, for example, then we know when we create um, blackened meat,
from barbecuing over a flame, that's actually carcinogenic. So again, it doesn't mean don't have barbecues. It means have in moderation and understand that very blackened meat or even vegetables to a point um, will create damage. Yeah? So that's the overcooking part of the, um, of the food preparation. And then the final part, I think I'll just have time to talk about, is food consumption. And this breaks down into three, going into the bullseye. So the bullseye is being present when we eat. And it's really important to, especially when we're doing something like TR90, it's very important that we are present. Because if we come out of that circle, the next one is distracted eating. So distracted eating is sitting in front of the TV with your dinner on your lap and you're eating, you're watching TV, you're probably talking as well, and you have, you're not present, you've got no idea what you're consuming and there, or how much you're consuming. And there's been so much research into um, uh, what they used to call them in the 70s, TV dinners, is that people will eat more if they're distracted. So if they are watching telly, they're doing something else, they will actually consume more calories, more food than they would do if they were sitting to a table, um, having a conversation, putting knives and forks down between each mouthful and really enjoying the food. That's what being present is about. Um, and then on the outside, we've got something called disordered eating. So disordered eating is, um, well, it can be obviously a lot of the eating disorders, but it is also the um, not, not planning, not having any um, plan to what am I going to have for lunch, what am I going to have for dinner, literally opening the refrigerator door and just sort of like diving in um, without, um, without um, I wouldn't say being present, so without that planning. And again, if that's the case, you're probably going to be eating more than you would do if you were following TR90, which is you're going to get your plate, we give the portion sizes on there, I'm going to have that much, pro that much protein, I'm going to have my vegetables take up most of my plate, a little bit of carbs, um, and actually planning it rather than just maybe eating out of a packet or you know, nibbling in between. So that's the distracted eating. So when it comes to food consumption, being present, um, and even if it's your shake on TR90, um, you're going to sit, you're going to make your shake and then try and sit down and enjoy it rather than, you know, walking around, drinking it, driving, drinking it, um, because you're not going to be um, as satiated as you would be if you were being present. So I thought that was a great thing to start with this week. It's called the Wheel of Integrated Nutrition. Um, I will make a note that next week I will jump on earlier and I will actually set this up um, on the Zoom so that you'll be able to uh, you'll be able to see it. And then we're going to talk about the pyramid as well. We've got a pyramid of integrated nutrition that I will share with you. Um, but yeah, make it 9:55 on the nose. So let me unmute everybody. Dorcas is showing me a picture. Morris dancers. <laughs> Mayday dancers. <laughs> you are unmuted. Is, Dorcas is just showing there. That's what Morris dancers look like. I've never seen one dressed in a 90, I must, must say. <laughs> normally, normally they have bells around their elbows and the wrists, and they have big sticks, and they have hankies. There's a lot of hanky twirling. 
And there's a lot of singing. Singing, walking in, banging a stick, hopping. It's beautiful. It's a um, fertility. It's, um, it's fertility. That's why we danced around the maypole in May. Well, here's another one. I went looking. Yes, you uh, did. There's two ladies dancing, and that looks more traditional, although I remember the maypole where everybody has a ribbon. Yeah. And you read it inside all the way down the pole. You do. We used to do it at school. That was part, that was part of our PE and during um, April and May was to uh, to practice our maypole dancing. There they are. Yeah. All righty. Yeah. Mm -mm. All right, team. Any questions? It does sound like fun. Hi, this is Donna. Got Hi, Donna. Good morning. Um, I I wanted to share something. My grandfather was known as Mr. Soil, and he had an organic soil conditioning business, and it was called Pentivate. P E N T hyphen Z or Pent and then an A hyphen, um, V-A-T-E, and it penetrated, mm. and ventilated the soil, and he, he knew all different kinds of soil. His his story, he grew up using a horse and plow in, in Orange County from Anaheim in Orange County, and he went around to all the different areas, the Hemet and um, oh, just all the different territories around different cities, and and did their soil and learned from the different types, the the clay, the sandy loam, the um, just all different types of soil. He created this business so that that the water could percolate down through hard pan and get into the soil. And it was all about the nutrients and getting things into the soil so they would come out our food, so that when we would eat them, they would be healthy for us. And all that soil is so depleted now, and everything yeah. is so um, blah and bland. Yeah, you know, he was obviously he was obviously well ahead of his time doing something like that. What a fantastic story! Yes, yes. and it's just we just yeah. need to get the home gardens and and the farmers markets, and it was wonderful. And I love yes. the whole your whole um presentation today was wonderful on processing oh. food. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. I will put, I'm going to make a note and I'll put the image up next week and we can talk a little bit more about it. So I hope that, uh, that interests you. There's, a nat, there's an organic um, product that you can use when you're growing things at home and it's called Melorganite. Oh, and it is totally organic. It actually comes from cleaning out um, it's the urea from mm -hmm. the tanks. Yeah. And it's human, so that it's really good for us. But animals that like to steal your food when you're growing it don't like the smell. No. It keeps the rabbits and the other things away from your food. So just have a look for malorganite. <laughs> You'll know when you put it down for 24 hours, but it works incredibly. And oh well, I'll definitely have a look at that for my garden. We've got chipmunks trying to get in at the moment, so my other half is sitting there battling with a chipmunk. Yeah, we'll try malorganite because they well, don't like the smell. 
Okay. If you can't remember, text me and I'll send it. <laughs> All right, everybody. Lots of love. Have a fantastic week, and I look forward to speaking to you next week. All oh, my voice is going. All right. See you. Bye. 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 Goodbye. Blessings to all.